Amen. Hey, as you're seating, sitting today, seated, having a seat, give God some praise today. Woo -hoo! There we go. That's a little weak, but we'll work on it. Hey, today's an exciting day, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah, there we go. There we go. It's an exciting day, and it's a fun day, and it's a weird day, and we know this. But can I tell you a story about where Jammy Jam, or, you know, it's Jammy Jam this year. We've worked on names over the years, and I've landed on Jammy Jam, and I like Jammy Jam. And so I want to tell you where it started, though. And it involves my lovely sister, who was just up here singing, Megan. And, and a story that, that, that is, is just timeless. When we first started Venture, uh, we met in our apartment on Brazos Street. It was a little bitty, like, efficiency-style apartment. And we all kind of crammed in there. And there was only, like, three or six of us on any given Sunday, so it really didn't matter. And then we always just said, like, hey, it's casual. You know, come, come whatever, and we're going to have lunch after we have a short little Bible study. We don't know what we're doing anyway, so just come and hang out. And one day, Megan finally decides that she's going to come to church and be saved and all that good stuff. And, and, and she comes, and, and I don't know why on that particular Sunday, because normally it was like basketball shorts and T-shirts, but from that particular Sunday, for whatever reason, we all decided to kind of dress in church clothes. You know, not like uber church clothes, not like suit and tie, but like church clothes. You know, a little bit nicer. I actually put jeans on. Good stuff. Megan walks to the door in a spaghetti strap and $100 bill pajama pants. It was six people sitting there kind of halfway dressed up, and she goes, you said this was casual. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. So every year I'm hoping that she's going to break those $100 bill pajama pants back out. But alas, no $100 bill pajama pants. Okay, but that's where the idea kind of started. I said, one day, Megan, you'll be allowed to wear pajama pants at church and no one will judge you. And it won't matter. And so here we are on Jimmy Jam Sunday in honor of my goofy sister. Anyways, hey, fun stuff. Let me ask you a couple questions real quick. Who had a cookie today? All right, if you had a cookie, give me a whoop whoop. There we go. All right, who took a selfie or a picture with Poppy the Elf? Give me a whoop whoop. You know what, he, he, he did it. He's such a good elf. He's going to be back afterwards. If you didn't get a selfie or a picture with Poppy the Elf, you need to make sure that happens. He's going to be out here after service to do that. All right. Um, man, we had an awesome time of worship. It's good to worship a God that's with us, not a God that's far away. I was talking to Josh this morning about that, like his presence is already here. His presence is here. It's now. When you walk through the door when you're eating a cookie, God's presence was in your midst. When you walked out the door and you go to the parking lot, God's presence is going to follow you home. Who could use a little bit of God's presence in your house? Yeah, right? There we go. Good stuff. Well, that's something to get excited about. And today we're going to keep things really simple, but I'm going to read you one of my very favorite stories out of Scripture. Okay? Okay. And then I'm going to explain the day. Are you ready? So, one of my very favorite stories in all of Scripture is really the reason why we celebrate Christmas. And there's lots of, there, there's lots of, you know, accounts of Jesus' birth, but I'm going to read you Luke's account in, in the Gospel of Luke, because, mainly just because I, it's, it's just one of my favorites. It's, I like the way that it's structured. I like the way that he tells the story. But like I said over the last several weeks, and I'm going to say it again, is faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. So I'm going to read you this story very quickly, and then I'm going to share just some quick thoughts with you. And I'm going to be in Luke chapter 1. Then we're going to close service in a time of worship. So, are you all ready? We're going to be in Luke chapter 1. So while you're getting there on your phone or your Bible or whatever, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. And I'm actually going to start Luke chapter 1, uh, verse 5. And this is the birth of Jesus. This is actually, we're going to start not with the birth of Jesus, but the birth of John the Baptist. Okay? So we're going to start there. You just sit back, relax, and enjoy the smooth tones of my voice. Are you ready for this? 
All right. I've been told I have a lovely speaking voice. What can I say? I've just hung my hat on that for years. When Herod, here we go, for real, for serious, for serious, Curtis. When Herod was king of Judea, there was a Jewish priest named Zechariah, and he was a member of a priestly order. And his wife, Elizabeth, was also from the priestly line of Aaron. Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes, careful to obey all of the Lord's commandments and regulations, and they had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive, and they were both very old. One day, Zechariah was serving God in the temple, for his order was on duty that week, and as was the custom of the priest, he was chosen by, the, by, by lot to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense. And while the incense was being burned, a great crowd stood outside praying. And while Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing in the right, to the right of the incense altar. Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. But the angel said, don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife, Elizabeth, will give you a son, and you are to name him John. You will have great joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. He must never touch wine or other alcoholic drinks. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth. And he will turn many Israelites to the Lord their God. He will be a man with the spirit and the power of Elijah. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord, and he will turn the hearts of fathers to their children. And he will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. Zechariah said to the angel, how can this be sure? How can I be sure that this will happen? I am old now, and my wife is also well along in years. When the angel said, I am Gabriel, I stand in the very presence of God. It was he who sent me to bring you this good news. But now, since you didn't believe what I said, you will be silent and unable to speak until the child is born. For my words will be certain, will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah to come out of the sanctuary, wondering why he was taking so long. And when he finally did come out, he couldn't speak to them. And then they realized from his gestures and his silence that he must have seen a vision in the sanctuary. And when Zechariah's weeks of service, week of service in the temple was over, he returned home. Soon afterward, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and went into seclusion for five months. How kind the Lord is, she exclaimed. He has taken away my disgrace of having no children. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, of, uh, Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary, and she was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what could the angel mean? Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God, and you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will have him on the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. I want to pause there. I thought I wasn't going to do this, but I'm going to pause and say that if his kingdom never ends, then we live in that today. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. 
What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month, for the word of God will never fail. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. Jesus means Jehovah is salvation. He was, okay, let me pause. <laughs> Jesus means Jehovah is salvation. From the very beginning, that was his purpose, was our salvation. From, 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 the, from before he was conceived, his name was to be Jesus. His whole purpose was that. And what's even more interesting is, is he was called to become from, he was called to come from Nazareth, which was really a place that most Jews disdained and believed that nothing good could come out of. But in 1 Corinthians 1, 28 through 29, it kind of goes to explain that. It says that God chose things despised by this world, things counted as nothing at all, and used them to bring nothing, to bring nothing what the world considers important. As a result, no one can ever boast in the presence of God. So what that saying is, listen, it doesn't matter what the world thinks, because even the Savior, the King of the, of the universe, supposedly came from nothing. Yep. Amen. Thank you, buddy. <laughs> At least somebody's listening. <laughs> All right. Verse 39. A few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea to the town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. And at the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leapt within her. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth gave a glad cry of exclamation and said to Mary and said, God has blessed you above all women and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the leak. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy, and you are blessed because you believe that the Lord would do what he said. And Mary responded, oh, how my soul praises the Lord, how my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he took notice of his lowly servant. And from now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the mighty one is holy, and he has done great things for me. He shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He has scattered the proud and haughty ones. He has brought down princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. He, was filled, he has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away with empty hands. He has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful. For he made his promise to our ancestors, to Abraham and his children, this key, forever. Mary stayed with Elizabeth about three months and then went back to her own home. And when it was time for Elizabeth's baby to be born, she gave birth to a son. And when her neighbors and relatives heard what the Lord had been very merciful to her, everyone rejoiced with her. And when the baby was eight days old, they all came for circumcision ceremony that, and they wanted to name him Zachariah after his father, but Elizabeth said, no, his name is John. And what they, ex what they exclaimed, there was no one in your family by that name. So they used gestures to ask the baby's father what he wanted to name him, and he motioned to his writing tablet, and everyone was surprised when he said, his name is John, and instantly Zachariah could speak again, and he began praising God, which I think is so cool, that the moment that he was able to speak again, he praised God. Awe fell upon the whole neighborhood, and the news of what had happened 
spread throughout the Judean hills. Everyone who heard about it reflected on these events and asked, what will this child turn out to be? For the hand of the Lord will surely be upon him in a special way. And then his father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and gave this prophecy. Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has visited and redeemed his people. He has sent us a mighty Savior from the royal lines of his servant David, just as he promised through his holy prophets long ago. Now he will be saved. Now we will be saved from our enemies and from all who hate us. He has been merciful to our ancestors by remembering his sacred covenant, the covenant he swore with an oath to our ancestor Abraham. We have been rescued from our enemies so that we can serve God without fear in holiness and righteousness for as long as we live. And you, my little son, will be called the prophet of the Most High because you will prepare the way for the Lord. You will tell his people how to find salvation through forgiveness of their sins because of God's tender mercy. The morning light from heaven is about to break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide us to the path of peace. And John grew up and became strong in spirit, and he lived in the wilderness until he began his public ministry in Israel. John was called for a very specific thing, and that was this. You will tell his people how to find salvation through forgiveness of their sins because of God's tender mercy. Chapter 2. And at this time, the Roman emperor, Augustus, decreed that a census should be taken through the Roman Empire, and all would return to their own ancestral towns to register for the census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, and David, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee, and he took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time had come for the baby to be born, the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. And that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. And they were terrified, but the angel reassured them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. Say all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others and the armies of heaven praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heavens and peace on earth with those whom God has pleased. And the angels had returned to heaven. The shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And they hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was a baby lying in the manger. And after seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about the child. And all who heard the shepherd's story were astounded. But Mary kept all of these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. A little bit more, guys. You're doing so good. You're doing so good. Especially the adults. Good job, guys. Eight days later, when the baby was circumcised, he was named Jesus, the name given to him by the angel even before he was conceived. And then it was time for their purification offering as required by the law of Moses after the birth of a child. So his parents took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. 
The law of the Lord says if a woman's first child is a boy, he must be dedicated to the Lord. So they offered the sacrifice required in the law of the Lord, either a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And at that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was a righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. And that day, the Spirit had him, had led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord as the law required, Simeon was there, and he took the child in his arms, and he praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. I have seen your salvation. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people say all. He is a light to reveal God to the nations and is the glory of your people, Israel. <laughs> I know there was a lot of reading, but let's, let's remember some things. I'd have the worship team make their way up. Josh, I want to close with, uh, with Waymaker. I love this story, and I, you might think, well, yeah, I mean, that's a pretty easy story to love, but I love this story for, for, for so many reasons, and, and I could talk through the, the birth of Jesus and, and the birth of John, the prophecies foretold and the prophecies fulfilled over and over again, and, and I love this story. Look at me real quick, because it's the story of my Savior. It's the story of what I get to live in every single day, because so many times, my, my flippy floppy just came off, so many times, so many times, it says for all people. I am all people. Look at your neighbor and say, I am all people. I am all people. I love this story. And, I, I, and like I said, I could, I could, it's like a merry randomness that, that just creates this perfect thing. But I want to share just a couple of my favorite things about this story with you as we prepare to close out in a time of worship. I love the shepherds. I remember when I was growing up in church, I got to be a shepherd a lot because that was the thing that you gave to the kids that you didn't really have anything else to do with. So you, you dressed them up as a shepherd because there was a lot of shepherds. So you gave them a little extra, to, you know, you needed extras, you gave them shepherds. And I got to be shepherd. But as I read this story and as I research these shepherds, I want to tell you that, yeah, these were shepherds. They probably were a little bit lowly. They were probably a little bit sticky and God appeared to them, but they weren't uneducated type individuals. They weren't the lowest of the low in this community. In fact, history and tradition would tell you that the, the shepherds in this story were not just your normal shepherds, but they were priests. And they, and that the sheep that they kept and the sheep that they watched were very special. They weren't just any sheep. They were the sheep specific for sacrifice, for the forgiveness of sins. And so these shepherds, these priestly shepherds, would, would, were, were watching the sheep that night. And the angels appeared. And they said, listen, I, I have good news that will be for all the people. Today in the city of David, a Savior is born. The, this was the very first announcement, and I can sum it up in this way. The angels were looking at these people whose job it was to prepare a sacrifice for sins, and they stood there. The angels appeared and said, today grace has come. 
I'm announcing today that what you have done and what you have been doing in the process of the law is almost over. Today, grace has come. And they said, here's how you will know. He said, you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes. This was not just for nothing. These weren't just random strips. But whenever you would take a perfect lamb and you would take it to slaughter and you would take it to sacrifice for forgiveness, they would take that perfect spotless lamb and they would wrap it in swaddling clothes so that it would stay perfect and spotless just the way it is as it made its way to sacrifice. What I love about this story is it's these angels, it's, it's, it's everything saying that the way of the law is over because Jesus has come, because grace has come. And that's why this is good news, God. That's why it's good news. That's why it's the gospel. Because he is here. He has come. Grace is real. And he has a name. It's not a thing. It's a person. And it's Jesus. Stand with me today. Simple reality, guys. We're not worshiping a thing. We're worshiping a person. Who from the beginning was meant to be our salvation. And I told you last week that it's not enough for me to have a church full of people who love Jesus. We have to be a people who know that he loves us too. And he loves you this morning. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that from the beginning of time, you were everything. We thank you that you are our salvation. We thank you that everything about you is perfect and we worship you today for who you are today for who you are today stay in this moment guys lead us to you.